Hey there, I'm Bruce A. Ulrich. Uh, I have the Instagram account Brewdaddy and the YouTube channel Bruce A. Ulrich, and I'm a maker figuring it out. Welcome to Makers Figuring It Out, a show we strive to educate, motivate, and inspire makers of all skill levels with special guest makers, tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, and many things in between. I'm Steve Huber from Wolf Working Creations, and joining me back from his hiatus, Jacob from Native Sun Wood Art. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks. Glad to be back. I, I appear to be the only one here as I see me and you're just a black screen there. Ah, there you are. Thank you so much. <laughs> I always thought that would be a good thing. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but I, I've grown accustomed to your face. Well, I know you sad. play off my, uh, my, my expressions, which are many and plentiful. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. I, um, I'm sad that I missed Bruce last week because I, I enjoyed the first time that we talked with him. He's a really cool dude. Uh, I really wanted to talk to him again in person. Right. So well, I can't. I did a good job. I think. I hope. Maybe. Yeah, I talked to you. I, I talked. We we had a, we had a conversation or two. Uh, before we get started, um, if you guys don't mind, um, we are recording this on Memorial Day. So I would just like to take about, you know, 10 seconds of silence to honor the fallen. All righty. Thank you for your service, my brothers and sisters. Yes, thank you, everybody. For your oh, never mind. No, I'll talk to that. I'll talk to the other person soon. Yeah, the other person, yes. The other person. So. But uh, but yes, it's on Memorial Day, and uh, we have we've talked to plenty of guys that are veterans. You're a veteran, Steve. Thank you for your service as well. Um, this wouldn't happen. This podcast and many other things wouldn't happen without you. All righty. So we do want to thank our vets uh, once again. Thanks for your sacrifice. And uh, let's. Uh, I don't know. Oh, hey, what we got going on, Jacob? There's something going on this week, and for the yeah. next. Three weeks. We have our challenge, the Raise the Bar Challenge. We actually have our first freaking entry. Already, yeah. It's been two days. Two, yeah, two, three days. Three days. Well, three days, today. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Uh, so, yeah, we had our first entry from Kit over at Skilltree. And, wow. Talk about setting a high bar to, to begin with. Yep. I was like. Man, I never even thought about that. Yeah, true. I was like, does that he count? Him, and he's, he's like, what, what do you need me to build? And I was like, there's the, the rules. And I'm like, why don't you just make a goblin goblet or something? <laughs> so it's your fault, huh? Yeah, but he didn't make I a actually, goblin. I was actually going to ask him if he, if he already had this in mind or he specifically made it for our challenge. I don't know. I don't want to know. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of scared to answer. Hey, you guys want to see me? <laughs> Perhaps. But no, it was really it's really cool. And like he made a great video. It came out awesome. Like the dragon goblet that he did was it looks amazing. And he put eyeball. And he, yeah, the the dragon eye cravachon that he put on there and he plugged the, the challenge in the podcast and he's just an awesome dude. So Kit, great job, great first entry. Yep. Uh, we started the okay. So I have a playlist on my YouTube channel. 
Wolfwood Root and Creation. So that's where it is. Um, Jacob probably will have one on his just in case you're not friends with me, but you're friend with Jacob. So, you know, that's how it works. Where friends with me and not friends with Steve completely understand. Wait. Oh, man, that was low. <laughs> you hurt me. You hurt me in the yeah. feels. Did, it, did I hurt you? Was that a low blow? I'm sorry. Cut me deep. Cut me deep. All right. So, um, what else? So, speak. We, got, we got something else going on. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't tell you about this. I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. um, Teespring contacted me and said that if we use this code, you guys will get 10% off. Nice. I was like, nice. You know, when it expires last when? Friday. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, what? Okay, thanks, Ben. So, uh, sorry, guys. I, I think there will be a, there'll probably be another one. Who knows? Can we set up our own code if we want? We probably can. Yeah, we can. So we could probably do, should probably do that. We probably should just, you know, mention the word contest and. Okay, we'll let you guys know on Instagram. Jacob will put something on. Uh, yeah, as soon as we have it uh, set and sewn there, uh, we'll put it out on the Instagram page and we'll push it out here on the next episode of the podcast. So. Right. As soon as you guys, as soon as we know, you'll know, and you'll guys be able to save 10% on any of our merch in the Teespring store. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, so speaking of that, we have a link tree account that will link. It's a tree that links you to everything that we have. So yeah. that's uh, where you can go get the podcast. If you're now, why would we plug the podcast to go to LinkedIn to find link the tree. podcast? Linktree. LinkedIn is a different website. You got it. Uh, yeah, Linktree. Why would we tell people to go to Linktree mm-hmm. to find the podcast when they're listening to the podcast? Well, then obviously it's not for them, but oh. if they're listening to the podcast and want the link to go to the merch, oh. to the Buy Me a Coffee website, they find it through there. Gotcha. Like, you get the other side, like, I got you. As long as we're, you're following along. I'm following. Speaking of following along, we have a guest today that we right. need to get. Okay. <clears throat> He's okay. kind of, kind of a weird guy. Hey, I got, I got like an intro. You have, you have, I have an intro. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, please go ahead. No, thank you. Our guest tonight is a maker of many weird things, from a Super Mario's Chain Chomp to Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. They also make, or they also are the maker of the Maker Magic Maker's Magic Toolbox. And we'll be adding things uh, to their pet foxes run when they get around to it. Friends, a weird guy, Jeff Stein. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. How are you guys tonight? We're doing great, Jeff. Thanks for thanks for coming on. We're glad and excited to have you here tonight. Oh, it's great to be here. 
And but before we get into anything, I, I'd like to, since it is actually Memorial Day, I, I do need to thank Stephen as well as all of our other service members, current and past, for their service because absolutely has to be done. Yep. has to be done. You're you're right. That respect is is owed and due. Whether you do anything useful or not in that time is irrelevant. Is also it's also irrelevant if if I agree with what the administration told you to do, you did your job. Indeed, I exactly. appreciate that. Regardless, indeed, doesn't matter what what side of the fence you're on. Like nope. soldiers are a soldier. You got to do what the boss tells you. Exactly. So. Nope. Alrighty, Jeff. So again, thanks for being on. And uh, what have you been up to lately? Oh yeah, not too much um breaking things making things having fun in the shop you know living life that's it. always important yeah so jeff we met a while back um starting with our makers on zoom having coffee group is where we where we all kind of got to know each other um but say you know if for our listeners here somebody that has no idea who you are which i can't imagine who that would be uh, do you want to kind of give us just a quick elevator pitch of like who you are and what you're about? Well, I'm, um, I consider myself a maker. I consider myself an artist. And uh, lately I've taken on the label of digital fabricator. Um, and I like to make things. I like to figure things out and, you know, I, I like to do them in as artistic of a ma fashion as possible, you know. Not all making is art, but it can be. Indeed. You made so, and something useful with the maker's that toolbox. Yeah, the that maker's is, toolbox is really cool. It is, it is a cool toy. <laughs> it always tells you the right answer Pretty as long as you ask it the right question. So, so, you said you're a digital artist. That is that how you put it? Uh, I said artist and digital fabricator. Fabricator. Okay. Digital so, fabricator. Yeah. For, for those of us who don't really know what a digital fabricator is, you confuse uh, Steve with your term. That's what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, it I happens. Yeah, I understand. Let's put it this way. I know the both words, and I know when you put them together, what they mean, but I want to hear Jeff's explanation of it. How's that? Um, okay. Well, it, it means that what I currently aim to specialize in is creating things in the digital world, and specifically 3D objects and fusion, and then using the CNC to basically print those things out as real-world objects. So. Okay. Awesome. It's starting with the digital file and then fabricating direct from the files, not like from some people make plans and then cut to specs. I'm using the plans to create the parts, direct connection from A to B there. Wow. Yeah. So not really a whole lot lost in translation from like concept to real world. Um, I guess fabrication. Yeah, real world yeah. fabrication. 
And I believe that that's your uh, your round to it is what you're talking about, right? Well, I mean, that goes for yeah, everything I've made in the last six months for the most part has counted as digital fabrication because I've been using the heck out of my CNC. I mean, even with the toolbox, that it didn't fit together because I measured it right. It fit together because I printed out all the darned parts to exact specifications and the robot's a better word worker than I am. I don't even have to worry about it. It just, that they, they fit, you know, True. if they true. fit in the computer, they're going to fit in the real world. That's true. That's a really big um, fight, I guess you can call it, or confrontation in the maker community, whether, you know, CNC is woodworking or, you know, or it's not. It's one of the, you know, it sounds like it's just well, a contentious um, point. There's, the there's classical hand, there's classical woodworking, there's hand woodworking, there's, and then there's digital woodworking. Is it, is digital working qualify as hand tooled woodworking? No, it's a different category of woodworking. You're still working with wood, so it is woodworking. But it's not classical. It's digital woodworking. It's just a new variety. And if the old guard doesn't want to welcome us to their club, we'll make our own. Indeed. Okay. I, I would classify it as just like the next evolution of power tools. Because, you know, like I said, it started off with hand tools. Everybody, everybody did everything with hand tools. And then someone said, all right, there's an easier way. If I attach this saw to a motor, now I, I can make this cut. A lot quicker and then you had the evolution of power tools and then you have that whole ecosystem and now to me this is just power tools plus a computer isn't it's just the next evolution of these of these tools and at the end of the day it's still just a tool you still need the person behind it with the concept with the knowledge you know with the idea of what they want to make and and what space and size and so on and so forth so to me, it's still just a tool in woodworking, as you're saying, Jeff. It's another another way to do the same task. It it is just another tool, and where somebody say, but you don't need the specific skill to put the board through just the right way to get it come out the planer straight. Well, no, but you still have to know. It, like 17 different numbers that you can tweak on a tool path to make things come out right or wrong. If you change the numbers wrong, you break bits and mess up your parts and, or it comes out too big or too small or, you know, there's a different skill set that they're, you're just using on wood. It's a completely different skill set. And in addition to having the board on there right in the right way, the, the, the skill set is, you know, being able to manipulate the software to do exactly what you want it to do, which is all anybody could ask of any tool. Well, think of it this way. So if, let's say somebody loses an arm in, a, in an accident or God forbid, but so th they're impaired in the shop but they're not impaired at the computer. You, did you see where I'm going with this? So they could still make stuff, but they don't have to worry about 
you know, cutting them soap with a saw or needing to hold two pieces at the same time or try to, you know, figure something out. I mean, they always do. But, you know, I think it's uh, so you wouldn't call that person, you know, uh, a fake woodworker, if you want to put that term on it, because they can't do traditional woodworking. So why would their work be any different than uh, somebody who uses actual hand tools? It still right. takes skill. Just the skills are different. It's still valid. You're just no longer a, a hand tool woodworker. That's mm -hmm. all. And, and that's fine. Yeah. I, it's like it's the, I think the word that you're trying to touch on, Steve, is the accessibility of these tools for everybody. And yeah, I 100% I completely agree. Um, there's nothing wrong with not having the ability to use hand tools. There's nothing wrong with using hand tools. There's nothing wrong with the combination of it. Like, like you said, every, all these things have their place and people kind of need to let them lie where they lie or figure out where they work for themselves. Does it make sense for me to have a CNC? Maybe, maybe not. Like some tasks require hand tools. Some tasks require power tools in my opinion. All of them have the right, right tool for the right job certain situations where everything applies so it's about figuring out right where what was the original uh he all he only used hand tools that he made the woodwright shop thank you didn't didn't have to tell me that but thanks uh so if you compare the woodwright shop to norm abram are they not is norm abram not a woodworker because he doesn't use only hand tools. If you ask anybody is, you know, Norm a woodworker, they'd say yes. You know, so I don't know why I keep going on this path, but anyway. Well, you know. Uh, well, I actually, I really want to get a CNC for something that you did, Jeff. The inlay. That's the only reason I would ever want oh. a CNC. That, that, that was the most beautiful thing I've done. And I mean, that was pretty close to my first try of anything that looked like inlay and the 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 cnc just did it flawlessly i mean it it cut out a negative it cut out a positive and you just push the one part into the other part with some glue and then sanded it flush and it was just perfect i i you know beautiful yeah that is that that is some woodworking that somebody with hand tools would have to practice at for like six freaking years mm. and you know the robot nailed it first try so i'm not gonna argue right, exactly. it's definitely it definitely gives me a, a an arm up on that other woodworker right exactly wait you're you telling me you're gonna do this faster and one go and cleaner in it and save me time than if I had to do this all by hand and take weeks, if not months, to try and do this shit myself. Hell yes. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't it's remember a shortcut. the podcast I was listening to about, you know, the, the hand cut dovetails are like the, you know, the thing that every woodworker should strive to do. And if you look back in old furniture from the era when they had to do that, those, they're not perfect. <laughs> There's gaps in them and, you know, splits and cracks. So the 
hand, you know, cut dovetail is not really the quintessential part of being a woodworker. I would argue to say that any kind of perfection is like not honestly, like I went into this furniture store the other, like this is several months ago, just for shits and giggles. And there was this table there, this big ass table there. It was like $3,000. And I, you know, been woodworking for like two and a half, three years. So I'm going around, just inspecting it, trying to get inspiration, but I'm looking at like, I see giant cracks. I see like huge gaps between like the table and like the feet that it has on the side. I'm like, you're charging thousand dollars for this. Like I would have been so damn anal. Like I would have had to have everything squared, everything filled, completely solid. But they're selling this shit with cracks for three thousand dollars. Like what am I missing? <laughs> Why am I? What you're missing is you haven't made yourself a three thousand dollar chair. If you think you can do better and they're selling theirs for $3,000, what are you waiting for? <laughs> there, there's something, there must be something that I'm missing here. Yeah, you, you're missing the brand name. It's not compute. <laughs> you, you can make a better shoe, but if it doesn't say this little swoop up the side, you're not going to sell it for $350, even if it's a better you shoe. You can't say the exactly. name. Can't say the name. We're not sponsored by it. We don't have that I, money. I didn't. I yeah. just said swoop. But, but I wanted. To, I did want to ask you, Jeff. So you mentioned the CNC. Do you have any um, aspirations to get a laser or a three D printer to get more into into delve further into like the digital fabrication? I I do. I'd like to have one of everything in the long run. I really would like to have the 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 trifecta there is you know the CNC, the laser, and the 3D printer. The but my problem with lasers is really just budget and the fact that I'm not willing to spend a reasonable amount of money to get a crappy low wattage laser that will limit me to cutting paper and some engraving work you know i if i get a laser i want to be able to you know you know shoot through the blast doors with it you know uh you know i i'd at least be able to you know in at least 40 50 watt range you know and that's just not in the budget um the 3d printer might actually be uh, i'm gonna have to look at the budget but that might happen really soon i'm looking at uh a really cheap one that's a resin printer that everybody's been yelling about lately nice. uh, i think it's a mars too i can't remember the brand on it but uh it's pretty cheap and it looks like it does fantastic work so if the budget works out, I might have one of these in the next month or so, if I can make it work. Cool. Good deal. So That'd that is cool. on the horizon. Although I don't know when I'm going to have time to play with it, but I can't wait to try. Heard that. And you said resin, because I know that most of them use like PLA filament or um, variation of like plastic, but um What's the difference with like the resin versus the PLA? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't really know how the technology works, but it I don't think it works with filament. I think 
and and it prints upside down where the, the the bed is on the top and it lowers it down into some viscous liquid and the lasers hit the bed and it like turns the liquid into plastic I, I don't know how the hell it works it's the, but same, it's the one same concept pretty much as uh the ultraviolet oh like the uv resin where it like UV resin thank where you the laser, where the laser hits it's solidifying it correct something oh, like that something yeah like that. but you can come out with really smooth prints you don't have lines on them you know you can there's people making dnd figurines and stuff with it and it, it's right. got the, the plenty of good detail on it and you, you've got to take the part out and then you've got to give it some sort of like an alcohol bath to rinse off a coating off of it or something but mm. it, it it looks really cool and it's a lot cheaper than a lot of the good filament printers would be so right i might be able to get in the, the get in the door cheap with something that it it's not it's not a filament printer and it's not going to do a lot of the stuff that a filament printer would do or anything really large but i mean if i want a little tiny plastic part of something it'll make it which is you know foot in the door on that you know if i need to make a washer or some stupid little thing you know i can just make one you mean some weird that. thing yeah, you never know what kind of weird things I may need to make next. <laughs> Fair enough. Weird. I don't even know what kind of weird things I'm going to make next. We neither of us do. How did you take the name a weird guy? I mean, I I see you, so I understand. Well, there is that. I mean, <laughs> the, that that was uh, that was inspiration. I as as far as you know, where where I ended up with the name a weird guy was I. I was trying to sign up for a website that already had 8 million users on it and trying to find a username that wasn't taken that didn't have six numbers in it. And uh, I was just throwing random things at the screen that sounded like good usernames for me. And eventually um, being a weird guy that I am just that happened to fall into the combination I've always kind of considered myself weird. I mean, some people are strange. Some people are odd. Some people are, you know, unique, unique, but I've always identified with weird. I mean, I don't know why that word just resonates with me. Um, I mean, I was amazed when I ran into weird Al in high school and that was fantastic. I've always loved him. Nice. And so therefore, you know, I, I understood that, he was fantastic and he was happy being weird. So I didn't really see any reason to reject the title for myself. So, I mean, the, the combination of the a weird guy came together when I was trying to sign up for that website, but I'd already been a weird guy for, you know, 30 years at that point in my life. So it, it filled in the blank. It wasn't a random, it wasn't a random choice of words. It all kind of came together. And yeah, uh, it just yeah, worked. Don't, don't worry. You're among other weird friends here too. Hey, I think we all can identify that with being a little weird. I'm unique, I, not weird. Yes. You're a unique snowflake, Steve. We all know. You just call me a, what? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. well, we're gonna go. You're there. Com 
you are completely unique, unlike any other person on the planet. Thank you. Just like everyone else. Yep. <laughs> I'm not special. You're special and not all at the same time. <laughs> hey, you don't have to frost both sides of the flake. It's all right. That's true. And I got to remember that one. That's good. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That is, that is a good one. I, I will use that one. But uh, speaking of, you, you mentioned the website. So getting into that, you were on uh, Because We Make and listening to their episode gave me a little bit of backstory into you used to mod out Xboxes. And that's kind of how that came about. You have some experience of modifying and quote unquote, uh, well, not quote unquote, uh, making beforehand like years ago back when like there was a real big xbox craze and like everybody was modding out their boxes and doing lights and fans and all this other kind of crazy stuff uh what you want to just kind of share with us briefly like what kind of brought that on well i mean that was I, i'll call it one of my maker phases because Every few years, I'll get an urge that I need to start making something, and I'll find myself digging into some weird, different avenue of things. You know, I mean, my early 20s, I was wire wrapping rocks to make necklaces out of for a couple of years, and that was cool. And then at some point, I was, you know, I spent a couple of years doing the Xbox modding, which was electronic and physical you know cutting holes and painting and the whole nine yards as well as electronic modifications and computer work on that and you know there was a year where i really decided i wanted to play with sculpey for a while and you know what is the year i picked up woodworking and you know mm -hmm. and what is what what is sculpey uh that's that uh the little clay, the little modeling clay that comes in 17 different colors that you, you, you push it into the shapes and then you bake it and it. Oh, okay. I think the, what, Vincent uh, makes, Vincent makes some of his necklaces out of that stuff. I think. I think that's what the kit used. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I think that, kit's that, thing that is, is Sculpey. That, that, that that's is that stuff. Right. Cool. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, I did that for a little while, and you know, I did Xboxes for a while, and the skill you know, collector. What was that? You're a skill collector. Yes, I'm a skill collector, and you know, and I even tried leather once, probably when I was twelve or thirteen, mm -hmm. and my mom handed me a box of leather stuff that she had and said, "Here, play with this." So I played with that for a little while and then put it away. But, you know, it's in the closet, and I could probably figure out how to do it again if I needed to. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's another skill that's been collected. That's, that's just the maker, you know. I just, it pops out in different directions at different phases of my life where it's just, you know, I haven't made anything for a while, and suddenly I get this creative urge, and I see a new avenue to go down. And I'm like, oh, cool, let's go down this rabbit hole for a while until I get bored. Yeah, I did. You that. know, then photography. Photography was cool for a while until I got bored. You know, I I haven't mastered anything, but I've gotten good enough at most 
things that I can scrape by and figure out anything else that needs to come up. Oh, I made websites for a couple of years. That was fun. Nice. You know, that was, that was creative making digital, but yeah, we might be hitting you up then in, uh, in the future, but I mean, that brings to mind, I mean, what so many people in our space have said about, you know, uh, was it Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Yeah, like in hearing the full quote like that, it really resonates with me as like you were saying, being weird resonates with you. I enjoy that of just being a skill collector and not being solely devoted to one thing because maybe that's not entirely where your interests lie. It, I was actually talking with somebody earlier today about, you know, finding the right place to work at, the right environment, because uh, even in my industry of where I work in, like in culinary, there's so many different avenues that you can go down. You can, it's not just restaurants or hotels, there's uh, catering, private shit doing uh, resorts or like on oil rigs or you know working in um, sports and stadiums or cruise ships and yachts and all sorts of different things that you could do that nobody really thinks about like there's so many different places where food is actually needed and you need a person with uh, uh, you need a trained culinarian to actually you know put the food out and you don't have to pick all sorts of different things because you don't know exactly what's really going to stick with you and where it's really going to click you know it's it's okay to try a bunch of things yep one after the other you know i i don't feel like i i, I feel like the best thing about being a maker is being able to pull little bits of skills that you learned over here and a little bit of skill that you learned over here. And, Oh, I saw somebody do this other thing once and I've got this tool over here. I wonder if I can make that work. And suddenly you, you combine all these strange things that have absolutely no connection and make some solution that just solves your problem. That's, Dude. that's the fun part, you know, figuring it out. And yeah, I see what you did there. That's Smooth, very smooth. But yes, indeed. And someone asked me one time what it was uh, um, about woodworking or like what I would classify a lot of woodworking as. And I, was, I, and I would, I told him that a lot of woodworking is problem solving a lot of the time because if you, if you get it spot on the right time, yeah, it's not a lot of things. But most of the time, there's like one hiccup here or there, and it's it's creative problem solving to try and either save the project or trying to make that flaw into the centerpiece and make it that unique character that really gives character to that project. So problem solving is a lot of what we do as well as I explain to people. Right. Yep. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I was, I was enamored and, you know, just amazed by your words. I lost I lost track of my thought. Or use of uh, vocabulary. Yes, I don't have that either. I, we'll uh, go with dulcet tones. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. Put, nope, he wasn't putting me to sleep. I was just in the zone. Well, they have very sweet, sultry. Sultry. We'll just leave sexy out of it for now. 
<laughs> so Jeff, I got a weird question because you're a weird guy. I got a weird answer. Good. So if you were in Jacob or my shoes, what question would you ask yourself that we didn't? If I was in your shoes, correct. What would I ask myself? Correct. No, what 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 would you ask me if I was if you were yes. you, what would you ask I, you? If this I was interviewing cerebral, myself, so. what would I want to ask myself? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, now I got this, it. This is very um, cerebral, but don't think too much about it. Um I don't know. Um damn it. Why do I have to do your job? Um, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. Um, so I didn't realize there was going to be homework. Damn it! Damn it! I got to talk. Besides others, man, I got to think. Yeah, I mean, um, it's okay, man. You don't have to answer because I don't know. And we just throw it at it sometimes, and I, I just find it an interesting question because it also helps helps me learn, helps me grow. Well, well, let me let me rephrase a little bit. If you were to tell your past self, or what would you ask your past self if you had the chance to? Um, or what would you tell your past self? I, let me I would not ask my past self. WTF? Yeah, well, that that's your bad choice and partner talking right there. I think. Um, yeah. I, I I think I would want to go back and point out to myself that all these different things that I would get into as that were different avenues of making were all a connected thread of what satisfied me and made me happy. I, I don't think I recognized that. I, I don't think I recognized that any of these things were connected and that it was because I'm a maker. I, I didn't recognize that until, you know, a few years ago after listening to uh, Adam Savage preach the uh, maker, you know, creed about what a maker is that I, I, I realized that I, I started to connect the dots of the, the things that I made when I was a child and the things that I made as a teen and the creative things I did in my 20s and then the weird things that I made in the 30s. And suddenly I, I realized with the hindsight that I was making and that was that, that there was a connection between all the things I've really enjoyed doing. And that if I would have realized that sooner, I probably would have been happier leaning into it with the knowledge of, you know, if I would have known earlier that I was a skill collector instead of just randomly collecting skills as they happened across, you know, if I actively sought out new skills, I think I could have, you know, built an Eiffel Tower by now or something, you know. Well, you still can. I still could. You can make it out of wood. I could. I, I could be the next guy that makes a coral castle that you can pivot a 3,000-pound block of stone with one finger. Who knows? I've seen those coral castles. Those castles are pretty pretty dope. That it, it, I, I'd like to go see it in person. It looks cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an American Stonehenge. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's a exactly. maker. That guy was a maker. 
Yeah, no kidding. I, I don't know what the heck he did, but he mastered whatever craft it was he was working. <laughs> like, I'm just going to take these seashells and just put them together. And somehow it works. I'm missing, I'm, I'm missing the... I, I, I lived a sheltered life, so I know what Stonehenge is. Oh, well, the, the Coral Castle was, I think it's down by Florida or something down there. Yeah, it's, it's in Miami. Dade. It's, it's, it's the, the, this guy used nothing but hand tools in the middle of the night with nobody watching his work. And he, he basically carved these huge chunks of coral out of the ground that were 2,000 pounds. He moved them a couple blocks over to the other side of his property, tipped them up Stonehenge style, and he had these huge pieces that would pivot with the touch of a finger, would just spin around like a revolving door. And they weigh like 2,500 pounds and nobody knows how he did it. But whatever he was doing, he was absolutely the master of his craft. He I think I remember seeing that. It was kind of like the pyramids of Florida. That's yeah, exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So it's down past uh, Homestead. So it's... Uh, I'd say about 45 minutes south of Miami. And yeah, it's like Jeff said, it's like this, it's a museum now, obviously, because they want to preserve it. Right. But yeah, it's carved it out of coral and these giant chunks of coral in there. It's it's pretty insane. I can't remember where I saw that. Could have been on the Travel Channel. That's like probably me. where I saw it. Yeah. Might have been it might have been Aerial America. Something along those lines. But yeah, I remember seeing that. I was like, that is cool. That is pretty cool. There's also something in, in Georgia that they can't figure out how they, they, they did it. I don't remember. It's like a pyramid in Georgia, I think. Anyway, sorry. Just weird stuff. Uh, speaking of weird stuff, Jacob, we have a Linktree account. And also that little Teespring concert shirt is uh, available for you to purchase. Plus, if you want to get lathed, you know, it's always so available. For me specifically, you're saying that I need to get a shirt? Yeah. I think so. Uh, I'm still waiting for mine, though. Yeah, sure. Well, got a couple I, I got a couple more months, I know. A couple months, you'll get there. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what else, Steve? What? You got some bills to pay. You do? Damn it. <laughs> they found me. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, pay the bills, hear from a couple of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Lovey, where are you? I'm in here. What are you doing in here? Going to learn how to paint. Why is that? Well, my therapist said that painting was to calm me down from being all mad and everything. I need 10 tea. Get in there. Yes, Lord Perfidious. Where is that report I asked for an hour ago? I'll go get it. You better, or you know what'll happen. Know what you're saying, dear? Well, let me see what you have. There you go. What do you think? We should find you a different hobby. Why did you pick painting? Because my therapist said this place is so dark and dreary that it needed some color. So I figured I'd paint it myself. No, dear. You need to go to Instagram and look up the Creative Ward Gallery. There you will find Bob Ross inspired paintings that'll look great in any room on the Death Star. Oh, where can I find her again? That's the Creative 
I'm Sam Wilkinson, and I'm a maker figuring it out. And we're back, even though you've only been gone like a week, and you forgot that you always bring us back. But I took us out this time, too, so we flipped it. Okay, fine. Be that way. I flipped it. It's not my fault that you forget. I didn't forget. When we switch things, it switches things, all right? When we switch things, it switches things. God, do I have to do all the work around here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. So, yeah, why don't you, well, uh, since you're, since I'm doing nothing here, why don't you uh, do everything and, you know, plug our, you know, people that sponsor us? Sure, sure. No problem. I'll take care of that. About time. So, big shout out to Tony Langer from Langer Works, David Reynolds from First Do Woodworks, and Jeff Stein, a weird guy, for sponsoring us on Buy Me a Coffee. And then we have Vincent Ferrari from Handmade by Vincent Ferrari and Marion Ward from the Creative Ward Gallery, who sponsor us on Anchor. Thank you all of you so much for help supporting the channel, um, the podcast channel, help supporting the podcast, making this show possible, and just making things better for everybody. You are the ones that help us grow and help make all the advancement, the stickers, the shirts, the contests, and everything so much uh, possible for all these things. So we appreciate everybody, and we. We appreciate all of our listeners as well, because without you guys, we wouldn't be here. Or we'd just be talking to each other. You'd do it anyway. Yeah, pretty much. But we're just showing, we're just sharing our conversations. Uh, don't forget, we have the make, or sorry, <laughs> makers figuring it out, raise the bar challenge. Jacob, what are the rules, regulations? <laughs> all right. So the, the raise the bar challenge, it's going from May 28th. So it's, already been on now for by this time a week and a half i think well we're recording this on the 31st well today by the time it comes out it's two weeks already so you have two weeks left oh yeah we got a few weeks left so it's going from the 28th may 28th to june 28th it's a alcohol beverage display so it's going to be sitting hanging or standing made of two or more materials and that's basically it as far as material, materials go. It, the criterias are practicality. That's what we're uh, going to judge you on. Yeah, we're going to be judging you on as soon as I pull everything out so I can remember what the hell we're judging it on. I get God, to judge somebody and then not feel guilty about it, finally. Well, I don't hold, judge hold. at all. I never judge people. I'm judging I, Jacob right now. Finally, judge everybody. Okay, sorry. So it's got to be made of two or more materials running from May 28th to June 28th. The, it'll be judged on overall appearance, creativity, difficulty, and practicality. And the winners will be announced July 5th. There'll be one grand prize winner, and then there will be a viewer's choice winner. Holy That's it. July 5th. Say again. Or is it July fifth? Wow, that is so echo. It'll be, it'll be announced. Oh, you guys have four weeks left to go. Uh, we are full. There will be grand prize winner, and for the viewers' choice, 
Um, we've already got one entry, and it's only been a few days, which is more than we thought was going to we were going to have. So we have one more entry than we expected. Truth. Sure. I mean, besides myself and Steve, and Steve, you're still planning on making something for this, right? Uh, yeah. 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 How about you, Jeff? I mean, you crush it, and and uh, because he makes last challenge, so I mean, you want every prize basically. Well, does that mean I should give other people a chance? No, forget no, that. No, no, I, I should just try to crush them again. I, 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 well, I don't have any ideas, and I don't really drink very often. Um, necessarily so, have to be alcohol beverage. It can be, you know, display. we gave it. It can it can be an alcohol or just a regular beverage display. We gave that often because we we realize not everybody drinks, you know, for personal health, you know, various reasons. So I just don't care. <laughs> I don't have a good reason. I just don't care. I drink in a restaurant, but who goes to restaurants? people now i mean you'd be surprised oh, since they uh all the bands that we've been coming back and forth it's been pretty good well it's nice that life is starting to come back for you there uh, of course it was it was nice that 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 you worked that year in an industry that did not rely on customers walking in so you, you might not have liked that job but it it was it was good for the year that you had it that's the a good timing was perfect. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you know, in retrospect, um, it was helpful that it was there. Like I said, uh, on a, as a job that didn't rely on like customers coming in, for sure, and also just as you know, giving helping me to get perspective um, where I truly wanted to be. And perspective is all that we hope that we could have. And money. And money. Yeah, mostly money. Truthfully, that's always good. Yeah, I mean, your job pays me more, so <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> like a job, and it pays more. Oh man, I'm like way happier where I'm no at breaker. now. So anyway, let's get back to our guest. Enough about yeah, you. Enough, enough about me. So Jeff, um, second half as we've gone over in the pre-show. If we peel back the kimono for anybody, if like person that listens to this gets that reference, of course. Um, what is what really motivates you to get into the shop? So you've done the chain shop, uh, you've done the maker's magic toolbox, you've done Rosie, the round to it, various other projects. What really sparks the these ideas? Well, some of the ideas come because I need to make something, you know, for a challenge, for example. You know, the chain shop came because I needed a lamp and I asked my 12-year-old at the time what kind of lamp he might want. And he's like, well, something from Nintendo, obviously. And when you go on the internet and you look for Nintendo lamp, um, there was some piece of plastic junk that GameStop was selling about 10 years ago that came up in search results. And he's like, oh, I like that. You should make a chain chomp lamp. 
and I made one that was absolutely nothing like that. But I mean, you know, <laughs> necessity. I needed to make a lamp, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, when I needed to make a game, I started thinking about games or toys that I could do differently and came up with the magic eight ball and then found something else cool to put it inside of that was more appropriate which is you know the toolbox but you know i needed to make a toy you know Uh, the, the the round to it was you know it was just something in the back of my head that i was bored i was looking to do something i was playing with fusion and you know, I'd made a round to it before and I'm like, Hey, I need to make another one of those, you know, cause the last one I made, I gave to somebody. So after waiting eight months, I decided to get around to making another one. <laughs> so, you I'm know, not gonna, I'm not embarrassed, not embarrassed at all, but I had to ask Jacob what the hell it was. He's like, Hey, Jeff's going to donate a round to it to our, I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. And what's around to it? What is what is that like? <laughs> so for our listeners, along with and then hand, hand smacks face, eyes roll back in head, you know the whole usual thing. So much. So what is around to it, Jeff? Well, let me give you the speech here. Okay. The uh, the the round to it is a circular object giving its owner the ability to get done everything that would have otherwise been put off to a later date when they got around to it. So since people often say, I'll do that when I get around to it. So if you get an actual physical round to it, then you can accomplish all those things that you had put aside until you got around to it. So it's it, it's a productivity hack, I guess you could words. say. It's a it, motivation it, towards being more productive. It's basically this physical thing that you know is going to get and motivate. Like, what am I trying to say? It, you have this physical thing to like, so that you don't have any more excuses left. Like you have around. Yeah. You got this round to it now. Cut the bullshit and get to it. All right. Right. It's it's you. You made an excuse by saying I'll get around to it. But once you actually have a round to it, you no longer have an excuse, and now you have to just get up and do it already. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have a wife anymore, because I'd get a bunch of those little pucks, and she's like, "You need to go clean out the gutters," and I'd throw her a chip. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, see, the problem is, is, you know, she'd say go clean out the gutters and you'll go, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. And suddenly you get the actual round to it bounced off the back of your head and go, here's one. Now get out there. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, she'll throw it right. Right. And I, I have posted on Instagram in a story once. Hey, does your husband have a problem getting around to it? Buy one for him. (laughs) you know i thought it was a good sales tactic that that's genius (laughs) yeah well you know like here no excuses left round to it go (laughs) maybe the target market is the spouse not the recipient you know i would say i think that i think you might have found your niche if if i had the choice to make like a, a round to it for myself 
I would make it a ID ten tango token. Right. Yeah. ID ten tango token. Sounds right. Write it down, Jacob. Hold on. Yeah, we got a the military yeah. joke. ID ten ten t ten tango t. ID ten t. I'm so not getting it. It spells it, idiot. It spells idiot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. All right. All right. Thank you for catching up. Yeah. Because uh, in the military, we also had another one. Uh, B1RD watch. Bird watch. Bird watch. Yeah. yeah. So, just... I mean, whatever whatever happened to the can of polka dotted paint and like the bucket of steam? Well, the bucket of steam condensed. And they actually, (laughs) I saw, uh, sorry, sorry, Jeff, but I have to say this. I saw this on Facebook today. They actually, they they had an old, I think it might have been Chevy, but it had the, uh, what do they call the wings on the back of the car? And how you filled it up is you pulled out one of the, the, the taillights for the wing, and that's where you put the gas in. And the caption read, wow, there actually is blinker fluid. Nice. Blinker fluid. Blinker fluid? Yeah. Go get me a yeah. gallon of blinker Why fluid. Why not? No, no, we get it. We get it. Ten feet of flight line? Yeah. Boy. Bosun's nut? No? Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can we, uh... We'll go back. So, uh, Jeff, who do you look for to for resources or advice, or is it uh, just all pops out of your head? Um, Who's your mentor? They're weird. They're weird head of yours. Well, I mean, uh, I do use the internet as inspiration for stuff, and, you know, I'll look for ideas on the internet, but then when it comes time to what do I want to make is, you know, it's, it's 5% over here and 10% over there. And, you know, you just draw from everything that you've seen in the last 50 years and you, you, you stir up the pot and you pull out a ladle and you see what you end up with and hope you can make something cool. Right. Sounds like Jacob's workshop. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a, but everything you've made is pretty cool. Let's let's say I don't have a strong plan going into it. I have a rough idea. Well, it's a ratatouille, you know. It, it's got to come out as the right mix in the end, and it doesn't have to go in right in the first place. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, it's like even with work. Like we have recipes, but most savory cooking, it's done by like a pinch here, a pinch there. You know, it's rough, very rough feelings that we use to we, we we feel the measurement we don't necessarily actually measure for a lot of things especially when you're like hot cooking on the line that yeah if it's salty enough or too salty just experience it, it, yes uh experience has, plays a hand into it tasting your product um sauce or whatever your dish that you're making 
uh, that as well. It, it's, it's experience, it's intuition. Um, like like Jeff saying, you draw on a lot of things. Oh, I should be happy that uh, when my hammer comes out, there's not a bite out of it. You know, the chef could say, I just wanted to make sure it was uh, tasty for you. Possibly, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you see, like, grooves in it, like, te- what look like teeth marks, you can just be assured that it's been tested and approved. Gross. <laughs> yeah, that Jeff took, took the time to make sure that what you were getting was a quality product, man. Yeah. Well, if you don't taste it, how do you know it's going to be any good? Exactly. It's also, well, to me, it's like those people, and you might be one, but I don't understand it. They get their French fries and they put salt on it immediately without even tasting it. Not one of those. My, I, I taste my food first and then judge whether it needs any additional seasoning. If you're doing it right, it shouldn't. Like in a perfect world, it shouldn't need any additional seasoning. Um, obviously, people's palates are just as varied as the people that have them. Um, some people need more seasoning. Some people need less. So it's just it's trying to find that perfect balance in the target audience that you have and your clientele. If you're in a much older community that can't have a lot of salt, then yeah, you're going to leave things slightly under seasoned because your majority of your clientele can't have that. And then the few people that you have that do want a little bit, that's why you put salt and pepper on the table. Yep. I'll get Jacob all started. We'll hey, season it great. You can oversalt it if you want. Exactly. Right. We, we season it the way that we feel that it should be for optimal flavor. You do and once it hits your table, it is your problem. You do what you want to do with it. Pretty much. Okay. Well, I think we're uh, getting to that area in the show where uh, we got to do some mega shout outs. All uh, right. As uh, always, we let our guests go first. Okay. Who do you want to well, shout out today? I've got a good shout out. Uh, I'm going to send a shout out to a uh, friend of all of ours, a guy named Justin from uh, Bear Naked. Justin Bieber? Who really? His, no, no, no. No, he's a Southern Canadian from Minnesota, not, not an actual Canadian Mm-hmm. that little girls find attractive um no this is a whole different justin um from bear make it he's he he made this video about a week well it might be a couple weeks ago by the time this comes out about uh cooking different foods in a cry cut mug press and it is fantastic and I've heard rumors behind the scenes that this may become a series of videos and we may expect to see more food being cooked in his mug press. And I think it's hilarious and I think it's a great idea. And I think if you haven't seen this yet, that you need to, it's, it's, it's a good adventure. I mean, it creates heat. You know, it, it's hot enough to boil water in. So I think he's got some adventure of different things he may be able to cook in that. I, I think he's onto something really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, what is that? 
we and we love us some Justin here for sure. We've had him on multiple times and we've shot him out multiple times. Justin is the kind of dude. He's he's a good friend, really great dude. He's got a very specific kind of humor about him. But we we love us some Justin here for sure. He he's a character. He's a here's he's a character and it it takes a special kind of guy to be as snarky as I am and uh, I we see eye to eye on things like that. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout his channel out on YouTube for that and uh, hopefully he makes many more cooking videos. Yes, I would love to see that. That if it produces heat, you can cook with it. Honestly, truthfully. I think so too. Hell, they made it with, you know, when I was a kid, they uh, cooked uh, cake with a light bulb. Very true. You know. And <laughs> I, I, I think I heard that it takes 400 degrees to do the sublimation, which is, you know, what Crycut intended that product to do. So as, I, as far as I understand, it takes 400 degrees to activate the sublimated ink. So, that should, in theory, be warm enough to cook anything you... Of course, it, it, it's radiating from the walls. It's not like an oven. But, I mean, anything you press into the edge, you should be able to cook with it. Right. Well, truthfully, so, with an oven, it, the oven, the heat's not radiating from the center. It's radiating from either the top or the bottom, essentially, right. quote, unquote, the walls. So, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, but it's enclosed. I guess he'd have to cap it off to create more of an oven effect. We'll we'll see what he comes up with. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how he pushes the limits on that. Yeah, um, I don't know if there are any limits, but I I hope we never see them. <laughs> yeah, I, that will be an interesting journey to follow. Always. Yep. Right. Steve, do you want to go next, or should I? Sure, I'll go. Okay. Um, I was just screwing around on the internet the other day and I found this. It's a miter saw upgrade collection, miter saw dust collection upgrade video. And because uh, I have the Delta Cruiser and it, it just sawdust goes everywhere. And I don't think the J Bates, you know, dust shroud will work, but I kind of like what this guy did. So uh, it's out of the woodwork. Um, I don't even okay. know about the guy's name. Let me I, let me look it up real quick. But uh, welcome to Out of the Woodwork. I'm Tommy. Oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, I don't know what his name is. I'll find it. Go ahead, Jacob. But that's guy uh, Out of the Woodwork, miter saw dust collection upgrade. All right. What, what do you What do you like about it? It just it just it's different. Likes more of the dust and yeah, it's, just... it's different. And I I actually he has a it's a fence, but it sits behind the miter fence that's on your miter saw and so when you'd have to just watch a video it's just uh really work it really works uh pretty well cool so I, <coughs> all right this name while you're bantering this is my well, beloved well. table saw what the? it was sad well, and neglected all right as like i hear your stuff going on in the background right. but anyways nothing nothing over here don't worry about nothing. that guy behind them you know no, nothing nothing to see move along so my maker shout out is um so it's the channel the channel and the instagram handle is jp strutton so 
his full name is Junpei Yamada. And Junpei, uh, he likes to be called by, uh, go by JP. So JP, he does these really cool projects. He's in Tokyo and he just has a lot of skill, man. Like the last video that he did was his paper towel, uh, paper dispenser. And it's a wall mounted paper dispenser. So he cut the paper down. He fabricated all of the, the holder, the, um, he fabricated the metal, metal, he cut out all the holes. He bent it himself. He did a, like a beautiful finish on it. He did the wood dowel. He cut the slots into it. So it slide easily. He took a broken bandsaw blade for the holder and for the cutter. And it's, it's wall mounted. And he just, he has this great ability to repurpose a lot of materials because he actually used a, uh, an old, uh, a few old uh, angle grinders and like stripped the parts off of that to be able to make this project. He, he made the dowel from like this piece of square dowel that he just took like this mounted hole saw and he mounted the square dowel onto this hammer drill and powered it through this hole saw to be able to make it, which is incredible. He, he has an incredible amount of skill and a criminally low view on his videos and a very low subscriber count, which is insane to me with like the quality that his videos are at. The music's on point. His projects are incredible. And it's just really great. I mean, he has... an he makes treasure out of trash is the best way that I can describe it. He takes these really old beat up things and he makes these incredible projects out of them. And he's just a really cool, he has a really cool style about him. So uh, JP Strutton is who I'm shouting out for this podcast. Oh, very good. And he's, um, yeah. He's over, uh, like I said, he's over in Tokyo. I think he studied over here in the States in Dakota, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'd love to have him on and ask him more about that. But yeah, I think he was here in the States, so he does speak a fair amount of English as well. And he uses English in his videos as well. So you don't have to worry about a language barrier in there either. Okay. If you're, yeah, if you're hesitant. But yeah, so he, great projects, great style. He's my shout out. Cool. All right. Uh, so I found the guy and it's out of the woodwork and his name is Tom. That's all I could find. But uh, his Instagram handle is OO the woodwork. So OO the woodwork. Yep. There you go. And as always, those links will be in the show notes. Yeah, I think maybe. Sure. And he does if I do my job most of the time. So, folks, it's that time of the show now where we ask our famous question or we give our our guests the choice of one of two. So, Jeff, you have the option of how you met your significant other or your celebrity crush. Which what is it going to be? Well. All of the hot celebrities these days are my daughter's age or younger. So I think I'm going to avoid that category to avoid sounding like a creepy 50-year-old man. 
and I'm going to go with how I met my significant other. All right. We just had our 24th anniversary yesterday. Congratulations. Um, well, it's if congratulations are in order, it's it, it's it's been a sentence as well as a blessing. You know how that goes. Um, a marriage is but, institution, but who wants to be institutionalized? Right. So I was probably 19 and a half or something like that. And I was hanging out at a bowling alley and it, it wasn't one of those let's go bowling. It was let's hang out in the arcade area and just smoke behind the building and hang out. You know, it was more of a hangout thing for you know, degenerate teenagers at that point, then rather, you know, let's go bowling. It was, and um, at some point I became aware that there was some big commotion going on in the back. So everybody basically flushed out of the arcade to go out the back stairs to see what was going on. And there was some crazy scene going on in the back parking lot where some like 16, 17 year old girl was standing in the parking lot and screaming profanities at what was apparently her parents who were both completely hundred percent deaf. So her two parents are out there waving their arms back and forth in frantic sign language while she's out there cussing, swearing and making an extremely loud scene. And everybody was just standing on the railing for the back steps, just watching this crazy scene go on. And at, at some point I realized that standing next to me looking at this scene was a, a, a girl who was wearing a neon pink sports bra and a pair of shorts. And for some reason that caught my attention. And at, at, at some point we, you know, my friends and I were all like, Hey, you want to go out and cruise around and whatever, hang out? Sure. Why not? And we, we kind of always had that magnetic kind of attraction. We saw each other and we're like, yeah, there's, there, there's probably going to be something there. And it, it really took us a while to settle down into that, but it ended up, you know, 24 years later well no that's that that's when the legality kicked in i think i've probably known her for about 30 31 at this point because i think i was probably 19 and a half and i'm 50 now so probably 30 31 years it, it took us a long time to you know have a kid and then have a second kid and then decide that maybe putting a ring on it would be appropriate thing to do actually i put the i i did have the ring on her before the first child was born i had proposed i had stuck the ring on her it's just it took us like three years to get around to actually you know filing the paperwork but we'd considered ourselves a you know long-term married couple whether it was legally a thing or we just sort of considered ourselves that anyway so right, it was just a piece of paper at that point. I mean, we could have been married years earlier, but it we just didn't care. It was just a formality, you know. I hear you. So, all right. So bowling alley, 
girl screaming at deaf parents, hey, want to hang out? All right, cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's a unique one right there. I tell you. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's like and so. I, the like neon so. pink sports bra was a big Total part turn. of that. Absolutely. Total turn on, huh? That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I got back to those I, days. I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed those things like things. <laughs> and, those, and those little little details, those subtle details, right? Those subtle details that 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 make the sundial point you the right direction. Exactly. Uh, All right, Jeff. Thanks for uh, sharing that story with us. Definitely a very unique one. I'm sorry, Steve. You you wanted to say something. I was asking Jeff if that was a euphemism. Absolutely. Okay. Let's make it sure I got it. You got yeah. it. Perfect. So, Jeff, uh, something that I like to ask our guests after this riveting story, uh, what does the future hold for you? What does the future look like for a weird guy? Well, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing and whether I'll end up making a full career out of any of it, but... I don't see myself stopping the making. I don't see myself stopping the skill acquisition and I don't see myself getting bored with the angles of digital fabrication, whether that leads me into 3d printing or laser, or even if I just go down unexplored avenues of things I can do with a CNC, but I've, you know, I, I've had a history with the 3D modeling before, and I've always been really good with computers and with graphics programs. So finding ways to combine my software and graphics skills with my making and woodworking things is just an absolute sweet spot for me. So that that's the definite path I'm aiming for at least in the immediate future is, you know, I, I want to master everything I can do that involves making it in the computer and kicking it out to the real world. Awesome. Well, can't wait to see what you do next, man. And like so far, all the stuff's been great. And I uh, want to thank you for being on here. Thank you for being a friend of the show, being a supporter, being a friend of both of us personally and for your inspiration and knowledge. Okay. Oh, yes, I did say that. Yeah. Oh, okay, just make it sure. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me on. It's been fun. And uh, if we're lucky, I might have helped to educate, motivate, or inspire some of our listeners. Look, you're not supposed to take my job, okay? That's not what you're here for. He doesn't and have I, that much to do anyway, so you you got to give him that little bit. I'm just trying to figure it out. Give me a break. But I'll bum. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. I'll add that later. That 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 was awesome. That was awesome, by the way. (laughs) All right, Jeff. Thank you so much again, Uh, Steve. Actually, no. Before that, I'm sorry. I get ahead of myself. uh, Jeff, where can people find you at if they wanna wanna search you out on the interweb? Well, I'm on uh, Instagram and YouTube as a weird guy. And uh, I suppose I, I am, I'm not really active on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter as a weird Jeff because somebody beat me to guy. 
tragedy. But I mean, I, I'm not really active, but I am there. All right, cool. Yeah, weird Jeff just doesn't really roll off the tongue. Right. Weird... Well, it's it's what I fell back on when some other guy beat me to my chosen username. Bastard. That's what I thought, yeah. But, I mean, I didn't want Twitter for the first five years it was out because I thought it was stupid. So it's kind of my fault. I let it go. I mean, I don't want Twitter now, so I can understand that. That's why I'm not active. <laughs> Steve? Yo. Shall we? Uh, shall I take us home? Yes, please. Take us home. So I don't have to do it. Of course. So, Jeff, thank you so much for being on again. Really appreciate it. It's been a fun talking with you. No. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Thank you. This, you know, we, this is not our first time doing anything at all. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, as you said, we really appreciate all of our sponsors. But if you can't financially sponsor us, totally get it. You can like the show. You can listen to the show, download it, share it, leave a review. All those help us a great deal and don't cost you anything to do. So, this is. Steve and Jacob here at Makers at Figuring It Out. It is our mission to educate, motivate, and inspire. And we hope we've done that for you today. So this is Steve and Jacob reminding you to keep learning, keep being motivated, keep getting inspired, and keep figuring it out. Yeah. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.